0: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello
1: everybody and once again welcome to the pack a day podcast your one-stop shop for everything packers 365 days a year My name is Mike Welland, alongside me as always, Tyler Grezegork, and Tyler, as we get ready for Packers-Patriots on Sunday evening,
0: how ready are you and how excited are you for some more Sunday night football? You know, I'm going to be quite frank, Mike. I am incredibly excited. I predicted before the Rams game that the Packers would split the two games between the Rams and the Patriots, and I definitely think they're going to walk into Foxborough and do just that.
1: I agree. It's been eight years since the Packers played in New England, and... Eight years ago, the Packers fell in New England with Matt Flynn as the backup, and they were really uh, offensive lineman, a kickoff return, and a touchdown from a a felon from w- uh, winning that football game. And so the shows the Packers can match up with the Patriots. Twenty fourteen in Lambeau, Packers beat the Patriots, and they it led for most of the game as well. And that's the game where Bill Belichick basically admitted that he got out coached by Mike McCarthy in that one. So it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup, interesting battle. And, and like we were talking before we started recording our, this podcast, the Packers match up really, really
0: well with New England. Yes, they do actually match up incredibly well. When you start looking at Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and James White, the pieces that the Packers have on defense, I think that they can suffer the blow of the loss of HaHa Clinton-Dix, and it might actually open up opportunities for these guys who were just kind of sitting and waiting in the wings, like Josh Jackson and Breland. You know, These guys are going to come in, and they're going to get meaningful snaps. Jermaine Whitehead has been really good as well, but when you start looking at the the defensive weapons that the Packers have. And the first time in a long time, I love this secondary and where it's at and what they could potentially do to this Patriots passing game on Sunday. You're absolutely right. And talking about that secondary and something that will really help,
1: despite losing uh, your leading inter- trading away your leading interception player, is moving Tremont Williams to safety where he said he's going to be playing this week Having that rangy veteran back there is going to really help to try and Because you know Brady's going to try and take a deep shot on Kentrell Bryce in the safety spot with the new starter in there. And so seeing how Tremont reacts to that. And then also that's going to involve more snaps for Josh Jackson. We may see him a little bit on Gronkowski. Also, Brashad Breeland should get some snaps as well, finally making his Packers debut. And, of course, Shair Alexander and Kevin King have been very, very stout over the past, really, past couple weeks, even uh, before their injuries as well. They've been very, very solid. So yeah, I agree too. I just
0: take a few seconds to like talk about how well Kevin King has developed. This man is becoming the player that we thought he would be. the some of the plays that he is making, you know, I was honestly quite worried about his ability to handle players with speed as that's been a a problem for the Packers secondary in the past. And you know I'm gonna go all the way back to the San Francisco game right now. He pinned Marquise Goodwin. With his body, and he knew what he was doing, and just to see that much awareness and that much development out of him, I am incredibly excited for the secondary moving forward, especially with the everlasting emergence, it seems, of Jair Alexander.
1: I, agree. I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think Kevin King has developed so well, and he's, he's been overshadowed by the play of Alexander because Alexander's made all these deflections they've been throwing at him a lot more than they were at Kevin King. And so he stepped up into the table. But Kevin King's been so good in coverage on the perimeter this year that they've been able to move around guys like Jaskin and Alexander. And if you can get brilliant outside there as well, you have both those guys, those rookies in the slot if you need to. And we, with how King is gone, I think very soon people are going to forget uh, about that draft day trade. And, and King's going to step up and and be that number one corner that this team needs in this corner with length that they haven't had in a
0: long, long time. Well, and we talked about it in the in the preseason leading up to the regular season, if if every single one of these pieces kind of falls into place with these corners they have a diverse talented group that could be in place for a long long time and with all the problems that this team has had in recent years past in the in the secondary that's just incredibly refreshing
1: only oh, it really is when you think of the corners developing i still i don't i still have hope for Kentrell Bryce like, he's so athletically talented and he's shown enough flashes before that if, if he can get that more rangy safety behind him like Tremont Williams, maybe come up and be that hitter that we saw in the playoff game against Dallas a couple years ago that made him so strong. and made him so so exciting for the future. I think that could help a lot. Josh Jones had a dynamite special teams week last week, and he seems to be trailing his athleticism a little bit more as well as he overcomes the injuries he had in the preseason. Which leads me moving on toward the injury reports that came out today as we get as we get ready for Sunday's game. Packers have four guys listed on the report. The Patriots have 15, which, granted, 13 of those are just questionable because Bill Belichick, but the big ones are the two guys they ruled out. Starting right guard Shaq Mason is out for the Patriots with a calf injury, and his backup Brian Schwenke is out with a foot injury. So two of their guards are gone, which means, to me, Kenny Clark is going to be feasting on Sunday night.
0: Well, and not just Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels as well. And Dean Lowry has been getting some quality snaps in there. Uh, Montrevious Adams has been a tad disappointing this year. But I think that the interior of this defensive line is going to be heavy Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark like it is every week. And I don't think they're going to have necessarily a heyday because that Patriots line is still pretty good. But I don't think that they have played a defensive front as ferocious as kenny clark and mike daniels probably will be on sunday
1: no i agree with you tyler you're absolutely right that's it's gonna be it could be gangbusters for the for the packers uh big duel we saw how good they were against what was voted the best offensive line in football last week in the rams they they absolutely dominated inside and kenny clark should be an all pro this year it's been absolutely exciting to watch and with the patriots limited even among other spots in the offensive line, uh, Trent Brown, their left tackle is questionable with an ankle injury. Marcus Cannon, the right tackle is questionable with a concussion. Uh, their long snapper is questionable. Edelman and Josh Gordon and Cordero Patterson are all questionable. Gronkowski is questionable. Gino Grissom, one of their pass rushers, is questionable. Dante Hightower, Sonny Michelle, John Simon, all questionable in this game. It is just insane, the injuries the Patriots are having. And I don't want to say it's karma, but after all the years they've had of health, but that's definitely a quite alarming list. And if you're a new England Patriots fan,
0: you know, if there's any team in the NFL that can weather the storm, that is injuries is the Patriots. And they've done it time and time again with whoever, it doesn't matter. Whoever, whoever's under center, whoever Tom Brady's throwing to whoever, whoever he's got in front of him, whoever's stopping the pass. it doesn't matter. Bill Belichick finds ways to win. And that's why he's probably the greatest coach of all time. Now, I, you know, this is kind of a similar uh, concept to the game against the Rams. It's going to be another test of McCarthy. He can't have another blunder like that halfback dive on the one and a half or half yard line or whatever it was. Granted, this defensive front is not the same quality as the Rams, but I wouldn't have ran that play against thirty of the defensive fronts in the NFL, if not all thirty-two. We, he can't have that one moment of weakness because in a game that is going to be close, probably a shootout, but it's going to be close, that one mistake could cost them like it did in L.A.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and we can't overstate that also the fact that how much home field helps the Patriots. They are one of the best teams at using home field advantage for them. They, Boston is such a very tough place to play in Foxborough. And it, it's shown every time they play a home game. And that's why they made them so successful that they've gotten those home games in the playoffs. That's made them so dominant over the years is that they play in the AFC East. That's a lot of times six easy wins, which gives them that home field edge, which gives them that ad- advantage late in the years where they can really rely on that Boston crowd that is so passionate and so, and so faithful to their teams. And they can really feed off that and build and become that this dynasty that we've seen over the past 20 years or so. But looking toward the Packers injury report, not as many and not as many important players on the question on the injury report compared to the Patriots. Uh, the biggest one, Geronimo Allison, is now listed as doubtful uh, with a groin injury that popped up at practice to go along with his hamstring. So it doesn't sound likely for Geronimo Allison to be in the game, which opens up more things for MVS, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Also, Randall Cobb questionable with a hamstring, but sounds like he'll be good to go. Nick Perry with an ankle looks like he'll be good to go.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Geronimo Allison kind of stings, but I'll be quite honest, I really don't care because I want to see Equinemius St. Brown. I want to see Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, I I haven't seen the 53rd man roster move yet. Uh, I don't know if they brought somebody up to take that last spot on the roster. We might see that before Sunday, but is that... I don't know, you know, who might take up that spot, but the point is this team is going to be going into this game as healthy as they have been, aside from the Rams game. Marquez valdez scantling and St. Brown are going to be huge in this game. Stefan Gilmore is probably going to be lined up across Devontae Adams the entire time. I honestly believe that the Packers have the advantage on offense. This Patriots defense is below average at best. The Packers should win this game. As we talked about in the beginning, they match up well. Not only on the defensive side of the ball, but they are probably favored in the matchups on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers could have another heyday against this New England secondary, and this is the defense in general.
1: No, you're right. It should be such a great matchup, and with with only those two receivers on offense listed on the injury report, and of course Cobb is expected to play, Allison is not. If the if the Packers can get back to that the offense they saw at different times last week against the Rams and getting... MVS in space and getting Adams with those double moves because Gilmore is a very aggressive corner and so if you can get Adams to break to beat the jam like he's so good at and get open downfield then they start having to shade Devin McCordy over to that side as well so both their top defensive backs are on Devontae Adams that opens things up for MVS to Equidemius St. Brown to Randall Cobb to Jimmy Graham and even Guys, if they want to, Tanyan or Kendricks or Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, all the weapons that they have on this offense, they that those could open up if they have to move Gilmore and McCordy over to Devontae Adams to, to try and cover up all the warts on that side. And again, the other two injuries, Nick Perry is expected to play. He's questionable with an ankle injury. Jermaine Whitehead currently this is questionable as well with his back injury, but he is again expected to go. And he may be a very frequent guy. He might be a guy I expect to cover James White as well for the Packers. So I guess looking toward the defensive injuries, is there anything that alarms you, Tyler, for Perry or Whitehead?
0: Uh, Before I touch on the defensive injuries, I just want to say, you know, I made the point about Stephon Gilmore probably facing up with Devontae Adams. I, I make that point, is it's something to look for, but it honestly doesn't matter anymore. Devonte Adams has shown that he can beat anybody, and I know Marcus Peters is probably not having the same quality of year that we're accustomed to to seeing from him, but he toasted Marcus Peters on multiple occasions, and he's continued to do that all year, so it doesn't matter who lines up across from Devonte Adams, he's going to get his. And moving on to the defensive side of the ball, yeah, it sucks about Nick Perry. I saw a lot of discussion today about his his contract and the value relative to when he became a free agent. You have to remember that he, at the time, was one of the top edge players on the market. And this is before there was the, the incredible edge craze where players were just being incredibly overpaid and pursued. He was at the time one of the top players in the market, and the Packers have him now, I believe, at a fair value. It it stinks that we're not getting the perceived value of his contract from him, but in this at the same in the same respect, he's an incredible part of this defense because offenses can't just run to his side. He still gets respected for the most part by the opposing offenses. Moving back to Jermaine Whitehead, I've really loved what Mike Patton has done with him. Clearly, he sees a certain skill set from Whitehead, and he has put that skill set to the test. You know, i I really didn't know who Whitehead was. I actually thought he was a different player on the roster this preseason because there was a different a different Whitehead that is no longer in the league, uh, who played safety. And I realize that this is a completely different player, but he's come in this year and he's been incredibly successful in that blitzing safety role. I love it. It seems like a perfect fit for him. I I think he could be a guy who steps out on James White, but I you know, if Oren Burks is is healthy and they think he can take on that role, I think that might be where I want to see him go. But I think that this defense has the pieces to be very successful and I don't think they would have traded away. Ha ha Clinton Dix if they didn't believe that as well.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Mike, uh, t- Brian Gutekunst wouldn't make any of these moves if he didn't have a uh, plan for the rest of the season in the future. The Packers have not given up on the season. They're not selling off. They are just trying to change the culture a little bit and, and bring, uh, bring more pieces to the forefront that they feel will help best uh, get this team going for the rest of the year. And that includes a guy like Jermaine Whitehead, who, plays a similar role to what Eric Reed did in San Francisco and what he does in Carolina. And I know people wanted to sign him, but Whitehead does a lot of the same things, but a lot cheaper and depending on your point of view, a little less controversially. Uh, But Whitehead has that hybrid linebacker that then also can uh, play some good coverage on the slot as well. That's a valuable piece to have on a cheap contract for the Packers. And he's a good special teamer, which always improves. And he could also be a kind of a mentor for Josh Jones, being a guy who's had a couple more years of experience Than Jones has had and he can help try and maybe mold him into into that that good all-around safety that we hope that Jones can be for being a former second round pick but as we continue to look toward Sunday even if Whitehead's not 100% having Tremont back there having Jones hopefully ready to take some more snaps and also don't forget about Raven Green who is who has forced a turnover this year on a kickoff He's shown that he's willing to stick his nose in there, and we may see him on the field a little bit more against a team like the Patriots who might not have him scouted very well compared to guys like Tremont Williams who's been in the league for over a decade.
0: That would be a real Belichick move, wouldn't it, just to throw Raven Green out there? But, um, you know, I'm looking at this defense, and we talked about Tremont Williams earlier. I just think that his instincts, his veteran leadership, those intangible qualities that you look for in players – they're going to be incredibly valuable on the back end of this defense because I think that they need somebody to communicate on the back end, you know, diagnose plays before they even happen. I believe Tremont Williams can do that, and I believe that he can communicate that clearly to this now young, talented secondary. I, I am very, very excited to see this experiment. I, I'm going into it, obviously, with an ounce of caution because it is what I just said it was. It's an experiment. And with experiments, obviously, you don't know what the outcome is. So you're hoping. But I think I think that this is one experiment that's going to pay off well.
1: No, I agree. And as we start to wind things down, I want to switch over to the offense again for the Packers because they've shown flashes of being the offenses of old. They've also been inconsistent, having stretches of very lethargic play. But one thing I think is going to help is – with Ty Montgomery out of the picture is there will be more snaps for the two main running backs and Trey Carson. I know all the jokes have been made that he's going to come in and take Montgomery snaps. He's not going to get any snaps on offense. He's probably not even going to be active against new England. And Aaron Jones has gotten the lion's share of the snaps over the past, over last week. He got, I think over double anyone else. So he's been on the field a lot more. And yeah, I think that's going to uh, get to more carries. I do think the Packers will trying to be more balanced against a team like new England than they were thinking they were going to have to be in a shootout against the Rams. And I think the situations will call for a little bit more running as Eddie Lacey had a big game in 2014 against the Patriots as well. He was very solid in that one. And so looking toward that, looking toward the young uh, MVS and EQ getting a lot of snaps as well at receiver, the youth of the Packers is going to have to grow up awfully quick offensively.
0: I think that MVS could be in for a huge day. I don't know if there's somebody in that Patriots secondary that can keep up with him. I think we're just going to see goes and flies for days for MVS and I'm okay with it. I'm here for it. And regarding the running back group, you know, we're I think we're finally going to see clearly defined roles for Jones and Williams. I, I do believe Williams is going to take the bulk of the third down snaps uh, simply because he is the much better pass protector of the two. Aaron Jones cannot be left on the field to be a dependable pass protector and I think this is probably the reason why we didn't see him take hold of a bigger role sooner he's a dynamic runner he's a much 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 more talented runner than Jamal Williams probably ever will be but Jamal Williams is doing the fundamentals and the little things right and that's what's keeping him on the field right now and I think we're going to see that as the season progresses he might be in there on the goal line he might be he might be in there on every third down you know we might get a heavier dose of Jamal Williams on the field, just not getting carries, but I am excited to see how McCarthy finally uses this group, which I think is finally starting to become clearer, and the picture is becoming much, much less blurry.
1: No, I agree, and nothing to keep an eye on, I think, as well is, is in the receiver group, seeing MVS and EQ get more snaps, getting more trust with Rodgers. How much that's going to factor into Geronimo Allison's playing time once he comes back? Because he might be seeding some snaps again to the two rookies who are so, who are developing awfully quickly
0: in this offense. Well, he's in a contract year as well. You know, something else to think about for Geronimo Allison, he needs to be on the field. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say that this is the end of Geronimo Allison in Green Bay. But if he's unable to get on the field and get healthy... It very well could be, because if these two guys step up, and I'm you know, we haven't even talked about Jamon Moore, a guy that Aaron Rodgers has had incredibly high praise for. If these two rookies step up, they're not gonna pick Jeronimo Allison over Jamon Moore. So I'm gonna, you know, say that if he can't get back on the field this year, he's probably done in Green Bay, and I think he knows that.
1: No, I agree, and and Jamon Moore reminds me a lot of the younger versions of to a lesser extent of Devontae Adams and James Jones, where he came in with all the tools a little inconsistent, and but he eventually hopefully will eventually figure it out. But I guess the last thing I want to talk about for the game preview is going to be Kick Returner. We don't know who it is yet. Uh, with obviously with Ty Montgomery gone, that's an open spot. And with Jamar Williams playing full-time at safety, I wonder if they're going to trust him back there for punts. And I'm interested sure to see if they do give Randall Cobb another chance back there, because he. We all know in his first game he had that big punt return, or big kick kickoff return against the Saints 108 yards, and he's shown to be a pretty dynamic returner with the ball in his hands, and he appears to be getting pretty close to full health. I wonder if we see him back there taking some kickoffs, or if not, MVS did as well during the preseason.
0: Yeah, I think that they are moving away from MVS um, as the kick returner. He's he's incredibly dynamic. He's a, he's a playmaker, but he doesn't have the short – you know, short area quickness that you're looking for, um, or the patience as a as a runner, the vision that you're looking for. I would love to see Randall Cobb back there. You know, in the past, I would have made the argument, don't put Cobb back there. He's way too, you know, he's way too important to this offense. I just don't simply think that's the case anymore. And maybe that speaks to my changing viewpoint on Randall Cobb. I still think he's an important piece of this offense, but with each game that he's not out there, with each game that Equinemius St. Brown or Marquois Valdez-Scantling are making plays, his value to this team becomes less and less. And I don't want to say that he's at the level that Ty Montgomery was, where we don't know what his role is moving forward, because he's not. He does still have a definitive role on this offense, but it's quickly becoming one that you have to question. And I feel like he needs to be a contributor to the team. And at this point in time, it might be best suited to be a kick returner. No, I
1: agree. And I think it also for it could be a ticket to another contract for Randall Cobb if he can step into the returner role and continue to emerge a bit more as a receiver again. Obviously, it'll be a smaller contract than what he got a few years ago. But this could be a ticket for him to stay in Green Bay and continue to, continue to have a chance at winning year after year after year compared to other receivers who have left
0: and did next to nothing. I mean, that's an that's an overstatement. <laughs> Next to nothing, I don't think they've done anything. So, uh, you know, it's not like the defensive backs. The wide receivers are a complete opposite uh, spectrum of that.
1: I agree. And and so, lastly, as we wrap things up, as you get ready for Sunday night, Tyler, I'll ask you, what's going to be your biggest matchup to watch for the Packers Sunday night in, in Foxborough?
0: Well, it's one that we kind of touched on. Uh, it's going to be James White. And I'm really curious to see how Mike Pettin attempts to neutralize his ability out of the backfield i mean i know that fans in wisconsin are very aware of james white and who he is and what he brings to any football team but his receiving out of the ability his receiving ability out of the backfield has proven to be dynamic this year i i believe he leads all running backs in uh reception targets or or receiving targets so he's going to be utilized he's become a main part of this offense I'm really curious to see how Patton matches up with him and see and to see who they put on him specifically to cover him out of the backfield, whether it's Oren Burks, Jermaine Whitehead, Josh Jones, uh you could even see Jair Alexander in some some circumstances. I think I think Jair is gonna be pretty locked in on Edelman, but I also see Alexander sliding over and maybe during a mid game adjustment being used on whoever has the hot hand for New England.
1: No, I, I agree. Um, his think ball, Gordon White, best backfield ever that the Badgers had. Something that's absolutely incredible to see. Personally, for me, my key matchup is going to be down to the def- the, off- the defensive line of the Packers against the interior offensive line of the Patriots, who are all banged up and young. With Mason out, Schwenke out, they're going to be down to their fourth guard starting on the right side. And He's going to be matched up with a combination of either Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, or Dean Lowry, maybe even some Tyler Lancaster in there as well. That makes things incredibly dangerous for the Patriots, and that could lead to Tom Brady, who's not very mobile, never was. He could be taking a lot of shots
0: from uh, from the Packers' defensive line. Well, and Goff would have, but Goff is a little bit more mobile than Tom Brady is. So i I think we could see five sacks, maybe more, on Sunday, so fingers crossed there.
1: Yeah, we could see five sacks or more. Hopefully some more from the edge, too. Fat girl forever. But, you know, I think that the, the way the Packers can collapse the pocket and push Brady off to the side, limit the field, limit his field of vision, because he's not going to throw a crossbody. He's not Favre. He's not Aaron Rodgers. I think that could cause some big-time problems for this Patriots offense. And if with a banged-up Gronk and a banged-up Patterson and a banged-up Edelman... That could limit things so much, and Mike Patton is really starting to come to his, to his own with this team, and it could be a very long night for the Patriots, and I fully believe it will be. I do think the Packers, I think the Packers win by a touchdown.
0: Wow, a touchdown! I, I think they win too. I, you know, I could see a touchdown. I, as we've talked about a lot now, I think they match up incredibly well, and I think it's going to come down to which defense can make the stop. And right now, I'm looking at the defenses, and the Packers' defense is better, so I give the edge to the Packers.
1: There you go. Two guys picking the Packers to win. Of course, we are on the Pack-A-Day podcast, so of course we're going to pick the Packers to win. I picked them to beat the Rams. I was wrong, but I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Hopefully not very often, but it does happen. So I am I think we're out of time on this Saturday, but don't forget, folks, to check out uh Pack-A-Day podcast every single day, including tomorrow they'll preview... The game for you guys tomorrow. They'll get you guys ready for some Sunday night football. It is the Packers and the Patriots from Foxborough, over in over in windy and cold Massachusetts. Rogers versus Brady, part two. Rogers is one and zero. Don't forget as well, folks. Check us out every everywhere you can find good podcasts. Whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. If it is a podcast f- f- uh, platform, you can find us there. Like us, rate, comment, subscribe. And, of course, check it out every single day, about 20 minutes a day, give or take, depending on the topic at hand. And so, Tyler Grizzagork, I'll turn to you. Where can people find you? What have you been writing on?
0: Uh, So, I'll be honest, haven't been writing a lot lately, but you can find my writing on NFLanalysisnetwork.com. I post everything to Twitter. Uh, I do a lot more writing about stuff on twitter i post a lot of stuff that i've been working on there, personal projects and such so make sure you're jumping over to check it out you can find me at tyler underscore grez t-y-l-e-r underscore g-r-e-z all
1: right you can also find me at mike Wendland on twitter that's just at mike Wendland, one word w-e-n-d-l-a-n-d-t i have also I have been writing as much recently but you can find me on packerstalk.com and dairyland express a subsidiary I'll be doing more as the baseball season is done. I'll be doing more Packer-oriented stuff as well. And, of course, follow Packaday at Podcast on Twitter. He also linked, that links us to all of our great contributors as well. As we, as we have crossed the 100-episode mark, I think this is 101 for us right now. So, folks, thank you so much for listening to us for these first 100-plus episodes. We're looking forward to many hundreds more over the course of these next few years as well. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And we couldn't do it without your guys' support and, and, and enjoyment as well. So for Tyler Grizzagorik, this is Mike Wemmins saying so long. For now, we'll talk to you guys again very shortly. And get ready for the Packers and Patriots. And as always, go Pack go.
0: Stay safe, guys. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right. Yes! To- yes! Touchdown!
1: A spectacular going catch to the left side of the end zone. Rodgers from the 42 New York fourth down and 2. Snapped a rock. Going downfield, Strangles right. Now, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is caught by the left Touchdown, Green Bay.